0: You're listening to In The Open, a Mental Health America podcast, a space where we explore mental health and navigate the challenges of life through honest and candid conversation. Hey, everybody, welcome back to In The Open. Hi, everyone. Today, we're going to talk about how trauma affects my actions. How does trauma not affect my actions? (laughs) (laughs) You're all, yep, done.
1: Okay, yeah. podcast over. <laughs> Very great episode. <laughs> you know what, though? I have a really good example of that of how trauma affects my actions that I think I – more in the exploration of our conversation over the last few years around everything mm-hmm. has helped me to see that the way I react to certain things, it's not that it comes out of nowhere. It's tied to trauma. But I wouldn't have ever defined it in that way unless we explored it in, you know, through this venue. K, do tell. Confessionals. So I'll tell you, I'll tell you. Podcast confessionals. (laughs) There's several ways in which trauma comes up for me. One is an immediate need to protect my physical person. And even now I can feel it when I talk about it. I'm just like, ugh. So that comes about in different ways when... I may be in conversations, and and it doesn't have to be with my fiancé. It can be with other people as well, where if there's – if maybe there are raised voices and the person – it's not even man or woman. It's a gender thing. The person is coming towards you, you know, and like, oh, kind of more on your face. Like a medium, like, yo, back up. Mm -hmm. Personal space, you know. I never realized that until – recently when that kind of happened i was like "Mm, red flags you know like it went off in my head i was like you you can you take a step back please and they kind of looked at me like why and i was like i just need a little more space between us i didn't know this person well and then afterwards i was like oh that's so weird why'd you do that so that's one way the other is also tied to physical touch but having people actually touch me even people that i know well in in moments of distress it's very jarring. I don't like it. And for some people it may be very comforting, but I, I have come to understand that for me to feel comfort through physical touch, it has to come with not not a warning per se, but an indication that it's going to happen. And maybe a question like, Is it okay that I hug you? On your instead own of terms. you just coming in, you know, and like, oh Yeah. So yeah. a lot to do with physical touch and physical space.
0: I know something is a trauma response when I have a very strong emotion tied to something that precedes an immediate reaction I have in a fight. When you talk about the subtle ways, because with trauma affecting my actions, yes, if I basically have in the past, I've dated too much recklessly (laughs) or dated too little because I was like, screw it, I need to avoid and titrate. Or if I self-medicated. I mean these are all large actions that I know are related to my trauma, but it's the subtle things I love that you jumped right into that because it is harder in these small moments to tie something back to a trauma response, but it's the everyday that I think kind of gets at you, you know? I getting into a fight with my partner and there's a phrase that he might use or the way that he twists a conversation where I'm like I don't like how this feels and the only mm-hmm. thing I'll leave and then and then I react really badly <laughs> where I mean not badly but the way I respond to it is coming from such an emotional space that it's where I tend to lash out or um and I'm like why am I so angry it took me so long to realize In our fights, when he uses words and I feel trapped or I feel like he's putting words in my mouth, there's something about those two things. I don't like it. I feel like I'm put up in a corner and that's when whatever happened in the past, it makes me not like feeling that way. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And maybe in my life, when I felt that way, I felt powerless to do something. But as the new me, the the one recovering from trauma is like, I'm not gonna let anybody put me in a corner. <laughs> my husband's like, oh my gosh, what is happening? Yeah. yeah. And like and like 50 thoughts happen in my head at one time, and I'm like, nobody's gonna put me in a corner. Nobody's gonna tell me what I think. And this is where I want to do things in a relate in a fight that's really abnormal, like throw something, you know, or act out really meanly more than I would normally.
1: I think. You touch on this one point of of having like a visceral physical reaction. Like you can feel it. The last two, two to three weeks, I've I've had different conversations that have left me feeling in some ways I've I've had like mind blowing like hold up, this is like a breakthrough. And one of the things that's that really sticks out is I' never really understood why I, I responded in this way, so there are situations, for instance, like if you go for us, for me, my family, friends, culturally, we're like hanging out and everybody's like drinking and having, you know, different different aspects of fun, right? And they're like, "You should try this, uh, or you should have a drink." And I'm like, "Nah, I don't want to drink today, something like that. They're like, "But you should. No, no, thanks." But you should, and and that insistence, it it happened um, the other day, and I was like, I said no, thank you. And the person's face was like, okay, you know, like really, like offended by that, and I was just like, so I then I, I when I got home, I was like, wait, why does that bother me so much when people like want me to pursue this one thing, and I'm just like adamantly like no, yeah. And I started talking um, about it and I was like, you know what? It's because I there were times in my life where I just did whatever was expected of me and I didn't have the autonomy to be like, no, yeah. stop. I don't like this. I don't want this. I'd rather not do that. And, and it brings that up.
0: That's really helpful to hear because I I know that In the past couple fights, this is where I've found where I have strong feelings and I react, but I haven't been able to find the source of why I'm Mm. so bothered about being put into a trap. And so you've given voice to an example where in our lives we're told we're supposed to be something or do something and you kind of realize like that's – Dumb. Like who set that rule <laughs> as you get older and you're like, no, I'm not gonna do that, you know? And yeah, and maybe, maybe that's part of it. I don't really know. I don't know why I have such a strong response. I just know that I do, and that's a, a red flag for me. Like, stop. You have to walk away. Cause when my brain and my voice goes down that path and it's triggered, like this very strong emotional reaction, it's like an addiction where you don't know how to stop. I don't know how to let up in mm. that fight and it's bad like i just oh, yeah. and my husband's always like why do you always have to have the last word and i'm like i don't know something about what's happening here is tapping into deep things that yeah. i need to express as a form of defense protection something right i don't know where it comes from but
1: there there is a connection to this idea of um I think both of us are forthright in a way that sometimes it can be jarring for some folks and in different conversations, and different ways in which we communicate, I have I, the response on the other end of a similar situation to yours is like, why do you always have to want to argue about it? And I'm like, I'm not arguing. Like, this is not me arguing. <laughs> this is just me saying something. And they'll be like, no, but you're arguing. And in my head, I'm not. I'm not mm. arguing, right? I'm just I'm just clearly stating a point. See, that's
0: funny because I think the other person is also <laughs> responding to something. You're like America's totally. not arguing, but whatever the tone she's using yes. is triggering in that person that you are. Yes. Because all trauma relationship stuff is two way, right? Everybody has something they bring to the table.
1: Yeah. And having
0: a successful relationship is learning how to negotiate who you are today and all of that stuff you bring from the past to the present. Let me ask you a question, though. It's funny that you said like, oh, I'm a strong personality, because I feel like there's an other aspect that sometimes mostly shows up in my social relationships that I also think are social, like a social environment that I think is, is, is trauma related, but I don't I don't know. Sometimes I'm like really on or I could be energized in a conversation and in at a get together or even just like with one person.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And other times I'm just like in my head and I'm just like, I have nothing important to say, so you have nothing important to say, so you shouldn't say anything at all. Does that happen to you? I don't know. And then I leave the situation and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I really liked having Like, I'll make weird judgment statements, like like where I'll say like, oh, I don't know if I really enjoyed hanging out with that person. But it was not because of them. It was like, well, I didn't say anything either. And the reason why I didn't say anything was because I was in my own head, like worried about whether or not I had anything important to
1: say. So was that my fault or their fault or? I think where my struggle exists is somewhat tied to... Somewhat tied to what you're saying, like do I do I really have any anything to add here? Does my presence make any difference? In, <laughs> you know, like I think that will vary based on whoever it is that I'm interacting with. Yeah. In some cases, um, I don't care. The ones that stick out though are the ones that I would have wanted to be much more engaging or show interest. Yeah. But the capacity is not there for me. And so what happens in my mind, I'm like, this is why you shouldn't have come.
0: Yeah, no, for it's, sure. What you said. Yesterday. You don't have the yeah. energy to do this. <laughs> or yeah, then it's hard to not come out of that situation and have a bunch right. of other negative thoughts like, oh, you're such a boring person. <laughs> yeah. But I think that ties to my fear that you know, it's, it's hard when you think when there have been life circumstances where you've been forgotten. At least for me, I know it's tied to feeling like I know I was born last and really as mm-hmm. an afterthought, like I was a mistake. And my mom just had nothing. She was so tired. Like, so and I've come, kind of- come to realize that. Like, I did not know that that was such a formative part of my life. Yeah. That 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 it affected me in this way, but that it does because now I realize like, it it does it affects like whether I think I have worth.
1: You know where that comes up for me is you know I get a, a lot a lot of requests to present mm-hmm. present I- ideas present about MHA and stuff like that and when I when this these opportunities come up, I'm like, do I really know anything? <laughs> like the imposter syndrome <laughs> totally right. and it, yeah. and it is tied in part to to that that kind of imposter syndrome thinking like, no, you know, you're not worthy. you're you're not allowed in this space. Yeah, but so there's a lot of positive self-talk that has to happen. yeah, but the other place where my mind goes around how how trauma affects my actions is in how I may receive praise. Praise is good. Like it's like, it's a good thing. I know you have difficulty with praise. Um
0: <sighs> Maybe that's why I said for, it.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> immediately for you. For me, it's like criticism. Remember? And we talked mm. about that a little bit before. It's like, when you tell me I haven't, I haven't done something right. I'm like, man, I'm so focused on detail that it's hard for me to see when it could have been better. But recently, that has come up because there was a large event for our family. And immediately I was like, Oh, you know, this could have been improved in this way. And somebody said, you should have been planning. And I was like, well, I wasn't asked. That's okay. You know, Uh I'm going to, I'm going to not worry about it. But I also recognize that other people see that in me, you know, like they're, they come to me and they're like, oh, well, you because, and, and this happens at, at work too, like I, they come to me because they're like, you're organized. And I'm like, that's great. I'm organized. That's not the only thing that I can do, mm-hmm. you know? So that the trauma thinking for me is like, in some way, I feel like I have to be able to demonstrate outside of the areas where I may have strengths that are visible strengths that I, I'm also real capable in other ways. You know what I mean? <laughs>
0: Yeah, just all of our insecurities affect our actions, like the risks we take. I mean, praise, like, can I ask for a raise? Am I confident enough to leave a job? No matter what job you're in, I think there's this, you know, you think, oh, is there something else? But then you're like, oh, can I do anything else? Do I even have any (laughs) skills? Yeah. (laughs) I think that a lot of people would relate to that, especially if we have no practice in it. And I think that's where compounded trauma plus Fear of risk or fear of failure kind of really get a person stuck. Like, I feel lucky that in my life I've had certain circumstances that forced me to take risks when I wouldn't have done so myself, like mm-hmm. move to another city or move mm-hmm. to another state. If I stayed comfortable in my little big city where I was with all my family, I would be very happy, but I would not know that I would know myself, like, in what I was capable of.
1: Right. Right.
0: Because I would not be likely to take risks. I mean, it took me nine months of therapy to decide to move out of town. (laughs) You know, whereas some people, I think they would have been like, oh, I see opportunity. Let's go.
1: Yeah. You know, I was talking with someone um, earlier in the week around – you know, we're in our forties. So the way that we have, we have brought up, uh, we have been brought up. Our generation is a little different when, and you, and you look at some of the younger folks and they are like, yeah, I don't like this job. I quit. Bye. I'm going to find something new. I'm going to, you know, and, and they're so fine with that, that kind of mentality. That's not everybody, but I've seen that more often. And in this conversation, it was just like, it's okay. It's a challenge where for, you know, I also like a challenge, but I am much more, um, I'm much more cautious about the challenge because I'm like, wait, let me, let me figure out the 10 things that could possibly go wrong instead (laughs) of like just jumping right in. So some of that comes with age and maturity and experience, but it also is just a different way of thinking where they're not honing in on the on the trauma aspect, they're just like that's just part of who I am. That's my experience. It doesn't define the rest of the things that happen. So you think the youth
0: they're just more risky? Is that a is that a privilege thing too? Like it has to be right? Like
1: in some ways, yes, but um, it's like not that they're get, risky. It's not that they're risky, babe. It's more that they are willing to be more open to. Challenge and innovation in a way that older generations are not you yeah. know that that's risk,
0: okay, so that's interesting. So will the younger generation say, well, the way we grew up was. We may have had trauma, but there was a lot of encouragement to take to take immediate action and do things. But that also inherently <laughs> comes with its own problems. <laughs> like you experiment with a lot of things, and sometimes they work out well, and sometimes mm-hmm. they don't work out so well. I don't. I don't know. You know. I think about some of the younger people in my family, and I I still hear in their voice a lot of the same fears like around dating, areas where confidence matters. And maybe, yes, the younger generation care less about work. And so they're able to move. But when you do care, when you do care, does your trauma come up? And it's that just like with friendships, if I don't care about the relationship, then I'm not going to be bothered that I had a bad time.
1: But
0: where they care, it's like, okay, yes, your trauma is probably going to tell you a little bit. It's going to enter in all those negative thoughts and tell you things that aren't necessarily rooted in truth. And it's going to make you second guess whether you should do something or act out impulsively. And for what I've seen for some people is this can last for decades. And that's where it's most painful. I have had people in my life, not just clients, my friends, family members, where they know they want to do something different, Mm -hmm. but they're paralyzed for decades. And for me, it's always like, okay, that's really interesting that this is such a stuck point for you. And what is it about what is going on in your head that is making this thing you want so badly to happen for 10 plus years and for your body and your brain to be unable to do it?
1: I've seen that actually come up in different ways, not only in family, but through the network of friends that we have, especially for folks that are even older than me, where they came to the United States, you know, as immigrants and don't rock the boat. You do nothing to bring attention to yourself, to have any questions asked so that you can just be okay. And many of the people that I know, you know, came with professional degrees from their countries, not just Latin America, but other places in the world, you know, and here it was like, okay, well, I can't do anything with that. And they just accepted it. So when I was doing more of the community outreach work and you work with people and try to get them into like new jobs and everything, they'd be like, well, no, I can't be a teacher. And it's like, what do you mean? You taught for 20 years. How can you not be a teacher? And they're like, no, I I don't know how to do that anymore. It's like, of course you know how to do it. Necessity.
0: I honestly don't think that I would ever bother except I have to. Like, in life, it's like a choice. You're like, well, if you want to have a relationship, then you have to try. If you want to have a job.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: You have to try. If You want to get out of bed.
1: <laughs> that ties that ties to conflict, right? Like, because if, if you're not addressing the necessity, something else comes up that's going to slap you in the face. That's like, the Yeah. The other thing that has worked for me, it sounds cheesy as hell, but- The fact is that I have the opportunity to talk about it uh, with somebody else.
0: Yeah. But I was just going to say, like, when someone points it out to you, is how they point it out or how it comes about change whether or not you're able to reflect? Duh. The answer is yes, right? Yeah. Yeah, right? (laughs) Because it's never helpful in the middle of a fight. Yeah, I,
1: the moments so, like that have yeah, been,
0: over a drink with a friend in a quiet space, away with enough time that has passed.
1: <laughs> Sometimes it's not like I—I I wouldn't say it's a long period of time because what happens is it may not stick out enough in my head that you like. If you come to me or like, you know, a week ago when you talked <laughs> about that thing, I'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, you know, so with some with some immediate kind of timing, say, after I've calmed down, uh, after I've been able to, like just chill for a minute, yeah. you can come to me and say, "You know that the way that you reacted there, i d- I don't know what was happening, whatever. That's a very different space than the attack yeah. mode.
0: I think that when it comes to these little moments, a lot of introspection. Is probably the only thing. And then just knowing that this is where it comes from and me, myself, trying to do better next time to avoid a conflict in a certain way or. Let me ask
1: you a question, Teresa. But
0: one sentence where I forget it is like, okay, yes, you're in life. Whenever my trauma has really affected big life decisions, the only thing that's helped me get unstuck is therapy. My family couldn't help me. I had to pay another human person to sit with me for an hour a week, every week for months at a time to just unlock the fear so that I could move forward and take a risk. And yeah, that's where therapy had been really helpful.
1: Yeah, I have to agree with that. Therapy has been useful. My question to you was going to be once you've identified that there is a trauma connected to X behavior, X action that you take. Mm-hmm. Can you modify that that behavior, that action fairly quickly? Quickly? What does that mean quickly?
0: I've had to go to therapy where the therapist gives us homework mm-hmm. and identify specific ways to communicate in order to pull yourself out of that mental state. Okay and those tools and tricks have been helpful but also therapy it's what i've learned is a way to not avoid because i'm paying someone to do this thing like mm-hmm. i did have a family member who told me that they went to therapy for like years and never <laughs> disclosed and i'm like think of all the money you wasted. Like, I'm too cheap for that. I paid for therapy. <laughs> there will be crying had <laughs> in this experience, you know, yeah. but for me, that's I knew that that paying for it myself made me know that I was going to like, OK, this is what I'm forcing myself to go confront this issue. And then where someone holds you accountable and tells you, OK, what are you going to do about it? You know, like, how are you going to make that different next time? Whether that comes from a friend or a therapist or my own brain, like I think that's that's the only way to get better. But that's where the necessity has to happen. You're, I have to feel like there's a reason why I'm gonna change.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Otherwise, if I'm very comfortable, well, screw it, I'm never gonna change. Like, and does it happen quickly? No. I mean, I don't know what you mean by quickly. Maybe that's where I'm, I'm like, no, I have to apply a skill. I still have to work at it.
1: I think you've answered my right question. It's very similar to my thought process. Like, if so- if somebody brings it to my attention, even even best intentions in the world for me to try to incorporate new new actions and new behaviors into my response, I would imagine, and not I don't have to imagine it. It is the case that still in very similar scenarios, my first gut reaction is like, ah, oh. yeah, but then I'm like, oh, wait stop it you and I've recognized that I'm able to stop my brain enough to be like, wait, pause, let's try again. And yeah. that that process becomes quicker over yeah. time as you practice more and more. That's what I mean.
0: Yeah. The negative fallout gets better because I'm able to catch myself faster.
1: You you know one thing that I now now that I I see you take a breath is <laughs> and what I've what I've done now, um, and what I still use today, instead of me like reacting, I will literally. And then the other, normally it's my fiance, he's like, Can you just say what you want to say? And I was like,
0: No, you don't. I'm want taking to. the time
1: <laughs> to formulate my thoughts so that I don't just say what immediately comes to mind. So, yeah.
0: Well, that is a thing that we've learned, right? Yeah. What I appreciate about this conversation is. I I think exploring the question of how your trauma affects your actions is nuanced and personal, and it's in big things and little things, and we explored that, at least for us. So I hope that people got from this what that sounds like Mm
1: -hmm. to work
0: through the different ways that your trauma might affect your action and like what does your process look like? For you to ask that question, for you to go through, like, okay, what is it?
1: What is that rising in me?
0: Where does that come from? And how is it affecting my life? So
1: I think we did that. Same. Yeah. We'll talk next week. Keep fighting in the open, everyone.